What's good, everybody, and welcome to Body Bag Podcast. I'm Chris Thomas, and with me, as always, Brooke Rider Dave. How we doing, everybody? Another season down. Yes, it is. Another season in the proverbial body bag itself zipped up. Yes. And I think this might be the first season finale in which we don't have a special guest. Yeah, it's just the two of us for this one. It's just the two, you know, I, actually, I think this, well, I don't know, I have to kind of go back, but I don't think we had as many guests this season. But, I mean, we did have the high-profile William Perry. Um, we, had a, we had a fair amount of guests. We had a fair amount. I'm not saying we didn't or, have any. Yeah, but, one or I mean, two returning guests, but for the most part, all the guests were uh, new this season, which was nice. Yeah, I love. I think if we're and we're rounding out uh, the UK, we've, we've yeah. got we've gotten Ireland, uh, Britain, Scotland. Uh, we're now we need uh, we need Wales or something. We need. We yeah, need... I, that's gonna be my goal. Is I'm gonna find a, a Welsh author like TikToker to come on the podcast for next season. And of course, before we get started, we must you know thank you know our guests that did come by. You guys are awesome. We thank you for. Yeah, we appreciate it. Yeah, so anytime, anytime they take the time to just come over, talk a little bit, you know, expand our viewership, it's much appreciated. But this is also the first season finale, which I don't think we have any kind of. Well, no, it's it's not a movie review for a specific movie for this season finale. Yeah, we wanted to try a little something different. Yeah, um, we we've done sabotage and saves, and we've. We've watched a lot of bombs this season. We've seen some bad movies. Uh, some less painful than others. Yeah. But for the most part, a lot of them were a, were a drag to kind of sit through. Yeah. But we do that, you know, going in. So, you yeah. know, it comes with the territory. So we thought to ourselves, well, why don't we build our own bad movie? Yes. And we needed to have some stipulations we can't just be like, all right, we'd be here forever if it was just open-ended. So we need to have a little bit of a structure. So I got the old wheel here. We're going to determine what genre. And uh, do you think that we should choose our own budget or we should spin to see what our budget is? Uh, we should probably spin for budget. Okay. All right. But before we get into that, that's going to be kind of like the big thing that we yeah. you know, do near the end. I thought that it would be cool to start it off with, uh, you know, we, we reviewed our bombs this year from our picks, but we didn't get to do all of the ones that we wanted because there's so many out there. And I thought it would be cool to just give some shout outs and take a couple minutes and talk about maybe over the past couple of years, what were your biggest disappointments over the last couple of years? And that means... Uh, it was a movie that had a lot of potential and just threw it away or you were really amped to see this movie and it just let you down. So we can't do something like an asylum movie, which you know, it's going to be a bad movie when you go into it. Yeah. It has to be, you were disappointed in it. Yeah. So um, I don't know if you have one off the top of your head. Uh, I do actually. All right. Uh, I heard, and a lot of people are going to hate me for saying this, but this movie, I just, couldn't get into it, which was mm. Megan. You know, I, I haven't watched Megan, but I've seen people like, you know, obviously it was uh, compared to Chucky when it came out. Yeah, maybe it's because I'm not the biggest Child's Play fan. and it. I'm a big I'm a big Child's Play fan, but I mean, I could put that aside too, but I just haven't seen it. I, for some reason, the trailer just didn't really, I don't know. Again, maybe it has to do with, is she supposed to be a friend to a, like a little kid? Yeah. 
maybe that's the reason why and you yeah. already know that i'm not the biggest fan of like watching children-centric movies yeah it, the kept acting wasn't bad it was just a movie of this sort it was really like uh somber and serious like like the orphan kind of yeah and then uh the best scene of the movie was a scene that everyone saw before the movie came out, like the scene of her like dancing and like <laughs> killing oh, yeah, the that, guy. Yeah, that's that's literally the only thing I know about the movie because everybody shows that scene of the chick dancing or whatever. Yeah. So I I I don't really have an opinion on it, but yeah. I just didn't really strike for some reason. I just got orphan vibes, and nothing yeah. against the orphan, but that movie was just okay to me. Yeah, I just couldn't connect with like the main like adult woman in the story. It took me three different attempts to actually sit down and get all the way through it, just because... That's the worst when you think, yeah, well, maybe if I bored. come back, maybe yeah. if I come back, it'll be better, and it's, nope. Yeah, watch the first 45 minutes, stop, a couple days later, come back, watch, no. Um, I got one that you'll definitely agree with, that we both agree with, and that's uh, Skinamarink. Yeah, that's going to be the next one I bring up. Skinamarink, like, I don't even have really anything against Skinamarink. It's just its own thing, but... It was just boring to me. <laughs> I just I appreciate what they were trying to do. Yes. They did a bad job with the story and like showing the story. It's like 10 minutes in you're like, "Oh, this is the whole movie." Uh, yeah, it, that movie could have been about 30 to 40 minutes shorter. Uh, it would have probably been better. Now, it gave a great feeling of like a uneasy haunted house. I mean, it did yeah. what it set out to do. You get that feeling that something's off, but it's just the whole movie is that ambiance. That's it. There's not that much dialogue. The cinematography is great. I love the filter they use. Like, yes. If I made a found footage, I'd want to use that type of filter for it. Yeah, I was thinking to myself, you know, you should. I, I would hope that the cinematographer does other stuff because yeah. visually it looked great. Yeah. But, but it's just, I, I'm a kind of, I don't know if I just have. Yeah, well, who doesn't have ADHD at this day and age? Right. But I, I, maybe I just, you know, was just sitting around going, I hope something happens. <laughs> yeah, and then you're unsure if you missed something or not because you kind of drifted off in your own thought and like, well. Did I miss anything? Not really. I mean, they're still showing the same thing they've been showing for five minutes, but I don't know if there's something that's supposed to happen or not. So that was more of just like a great marketing. Uh, the trailers report were great. Like the trailers actually got me excited for this movie. I was watching the trailers and I'm like, "Holy shit! Th I, I can't wait to see." There must be some kind of ghost or monster, or is the Babadook somewhere like hiding in the corner? But is I get it, but it's just not my cup of tea. Uh, you know, shocker! If it made this list, it wasn't my cup of tea. Yeah. So, um. How about you? Uh, how about you? I mean, there's also uh the movie we started the season out with, Halloween Ends. Oh yeah, uh, that that goat that. Uh, ugh, I mean, what what, just, can, what can we say? The tone of this movie, uh, that movie, just didn't make sense with the other two movies in the trilogy. And I mean, I can't. I feel like if I say any more, I will just be beating a dead horse. But it it really did feel like it needed to be a buffer film in between yeah. in between Halloween Kills and then. That would be its own thing, and then Halloween Ends could have been the other thing. Because in and of itself, I had no problem with the copycat killer, but he means nothing to me. We just met him. Exactly. In fact, I think it would have been really cool to have this copycat killer, and then Jay, and then uh, sorry, Michael kills him in the last movie. Like you, you could have this guy running around, 
and you're like, which one is Michael? You know what I mean? Exactly. Uh, it yeah. could it could have worked, but they again, I believe also you know COVID also screwed them over because it was supposed to all be one night. Yeah. So it's not entirely. Their I think fault. they just overthought it over COVID. Yeah, they. It's uh, it's not entirely their fault, but it is definitely partially their fault. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it completely kind of like blind to what their audience wanted. You, you yeah. just want, you just want to see Michael and Lori, you know, duking it out at the end, like chasing each other. Uh, weirdly, I liked. Halloween Kills more, which I didn't think yeah. that was going to be the case when we watched Halloween Kills. No, like Halloween Kills, it it was what it was. It was what it was, and it delivered exactly what it said. Halloween Kills, <laughs> it killed a lot of people. Yeah, Big John and Little John. Yeah, <laughs> R.I.P. Well, <laughs> not a lot of, like, I don't, <laughs> I think a lot of people found them annoying. I liked them. <laughs> I, I liked thought they them. were the best characters in the movie. They were fun. Now, I'm trying to think of within the last couple of years, Stuff that we haven't really maybe uh, reviewed, like like I'm trying to refrain from saying anything that we reviewed this season. Yeah, uh, I mean, I saw like the first 25 minutes of Jeepers Creepers Reborn and then turned it off. Well, yeah, plus Jeepers Creepers is always going to have that stigma attached to it, too. Yeah. Unfortunately. Now, yeah, it has a, now it's under new control and it just sucks. <laughs> they're say, they're doing bad with this move, with this franchise, so... And I know I've mentioned this in passing, and it came out a couple of years ago, uh, but it, it's because I saw it in theaters, but I was disappointed in It Chapter 2. Yeah. I know that's a couple of years ago, but even still, it's like, it's one that I remember going to the theater and sitting down and going, I hope it was as good as the first one, and it yeah. wasn't. Yeah. I mean, not as bad as a lot, but I'd say more disappointing than, like, I, I got something out of it. Yeah, but, you know. Plus, chapter uh, it chapter the first part was really good. So there were plenty of movies that I've done my shutter shoutouts on that yeah. were kind of a slog to get through. There was a movie called Winter Beast that was uh, looked like a public access TV show that was just kind of boring. But it's a public access TV type thing, so what do you expect? Uh, yeah, Popcorn, which we reviewed with was it Christopher Robertson? Yeah, that movie had it. My. It had potential. There were yeah. some things that I did like, but uh, it, like it said, had too many goofy things to yeah. it. Yeah, but like I said, when we did the review, if they said they were coming out and doing a remake of that, yeah, I'd, I'd be it. excited. Yeah, I would totally be excited if I if, if they because because the setting is great. Uh, movie theater packed with like uh, horror movie aficionados yeah. all like going crazy watching black and white. That the movie setting was great. Yes, but yeah, but I mean, we—if you want to hear our thoughts about that, go watch our uh, review with Christopher Robertson. Yeah, but to uh, flip the coin on you, are, were there any movies that you had low expectations for, but kind of surprised you? I wouldn't say. Uh, I wouldn't say that I had low expectations, but it was way better than I thought, and that's still the menu. It's not that I had low expectations; I was actually kind of looking forward to it, but I didn't think it was going to be as funny as I thought it was going to be. Okay. In fact, I didn't think it was going to be funny at all. Well, I mean, yeah. maybe a little bit dark humor, but I was sitting there laughing my ass off whenever Ray Fine was was, yeah. was on screen. Nice. All right. Uh, what about you? The one that probably surprised me the most. Cocaine Bear? <laughs> no, that, that movie is what it is. Mm. You knew what you were getting when you got into it. It's just fun. Okay. But was uh, 
sick movie written by uh, Kevin Williamson. I thought it was going to be some super like woke in your face slasher, but it wasn't. Mm-hmm. It, it actually turned out to be a pretty decent slasher movie. So that was the one that caught me by surprise this year. I know that we said I was, I was, well, that was the disappointment. I'll tell you what I was surprised by was uh, Urban Legends. Yeah, that was probably the surprise of the of the season for us. It wasn't my favorite, but I but it had some pretty good shots, and I was actually entertained in some bits. I mean, there was annoying bits, but yes. I was I thought it was going to be dog shit. Yeah, if you look at the ratings for it, you, it, basically the ratings tell you this is a dog shit movie. And that's but, unfair. Yeah, it, it's the run of a mill slasher movie. You can't watch House of the Dead and then. <laughs> and then watch that and, uh, and then watch urban legends and be like yeah they're both pretty bad well one's definitely a lot worse than the other exactly like watching urban i think it was a good thing that urban legends came towards the end of the season yes because it was a i needed a break because uh, did we just finish watching uh i think uh, it was i'll always know what you did last summer which is that's your least favorite that's an absolute dog shit of a movie but uh, I think, and I think mine was Soul Survivor. Yeah, which just, is also another talk shit movie. I just like of all the ones that we watched, I didn't think that was going to be the least favorite of mine. That was the one I knew the least about when I picked it. I was like, I know nothing about this movie, so maybe I, I, it'll be good. And did, that we were wrong. <laughs> you it, you did nothing to endear me. I already hated the main character. Yeah, like she cheated on her boyfriend. She did on her boyfriend with her ex-boyfriend in the car with her boyfriend at the rave that they're all at and knowing that he's on his way back. Yeah. And I'm supposed to be endeared to this character. That movie was just a train wreck. Yeah. Uh, See, watch that episode of ours. We go into it. Yeah. We get into how bad that movie is. But Um, that, uh, we decided that next season, we deserve to watch some good movies. So, yes. The theme for season five is going to be body bag favorites. Body bag personal favorites. Yes. And uh, we've already gotten our lists down for that. Yeah. I'm not going to say what they are yet. Well, we'll no, we'll tease it at the end. Yeah. We'll, we'll say at the end uh, what we're going to start off. The is it season five? Season five, yeah. And we'll you know we'll tag that at the very end because we have. A ton of different stuff that we got going on next season. Yeah. And it leads up to what's going to be happening in season six. Trying something new things out. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be a good time. All right. So we're kind of uh, moving away from our disappointment. So why don't we go ahead and dive into what we were going to base this episode around? Let's make a terrible movie, man. Let us make a terrible movie. Now, I was thinking, because this might take a little bit. Um, since we're making a movie from scratch, I'm going to release this, uh, an edited version where, you know, we, you know, are pumping it out and then I will release the, uh, unedited version. So they know how long it took to, yeah. if you're interested in hearing the back and forths, uh, which we'll have the back and forths in this one, but you'll get the dead air, you'll get the ums and you'll yeah. get all of that. If you want to hear the lengthy version. Yeah. All right. Stipulations. Now I was thinking, do you want to do this collaboratively or did you want to do it? I was kind of having a, when I was, when I was taking my morning shit, I was thinking of uh, the sabotage and shade, sabotage and save where we build this and one person is trying to subvert the other. So let's say that we make our decision. 
So one's trying to make a good movie and the other one's trying to make a bad movie. So the person who's trying to make the good movie, they get to make two decisions. And for every two decisions, the person sabotaging it gets to come in with something to mess it up. So it's like, all right, uh, just for all intents and purposes, let's say that uh, let's say that you were saving and I was sabotaging. All right. And you're like, okay, well, um, I want to have uh, so and so. Uh, as the lead actor, and I want it to be about uh, werewolves. And then I'll come in and go, okay, well, I want it to be directed by Yui Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> or, no, do you want to do it that way, or do you want to do it where we just collectively try to make a trash movie? Because I was thinking if we both collectively try to make a trash movie, it would be way too easy. Or maybe it's not, because yeah. we're also yeah. building a story as well. Yeah. Uh... I'm willing to do it either way. I mean, I'm, that was just a thought that occurred to me, but I'm still I, willing to do collective I, one if you want. I think we should do a collective. Let's okay. just make trash. Yeah. We have plenty of, like, we've had our top tens in, of us working yeah. against each other, so we'll we'll collaborate on this one. Yeah. All right, so I got the... Now, we have two stipulations that we cannot get out of, and that is what genre and our budget. All right. So I have the old wheel here. so We can figure out what we are going to do it on so first off what is our genre what are we making wow this is one that i didn't think was going to make it but i'm so glad it did we're going we're going to make a prequel a prequel okay we're making a prequel now we're gonna decide what uh what movie gets the prequel all right so now our budget This is going to be a shitty movie. <laughs> this, our budget is that it is self-funded. Oh, fucking A. So we have to uh, pull our resources together. Pull our resources together to make this movie. So, God. Um, <laughs> have you the uh I rent, so I can't, like, I rent, so I can't, like, put up a mortgage either. Right. Uh, um, um, a GoFundMe going on. So, all right, so... How how about this? Movies like parent uh, movies should, like par- go ahead. We should read. It's impossible to kind of figure out like a self funded budget. Well, I was looking at movies like uh, Blair Witch or Paranormal Activity. Okay. Uh, Thirty thousand is about what I think it was either Blair Witch or Paranormal made for. Okay. So, I think that if we collected our resources, we could. We could probably. Do you want to make the budget at about thirty thousand? Okay, yeah, we could do thirty thousand. I think that's doable between the both yeah. of us. All right. So we have to make a prequel with a thirty thousand dollar budget. So we're gonna have a lot of unknown actors. Oh, man, we can't. Well, it's a good thing we're making a shitty movie because if we had to make a good blockbuster, um, so prequel, we need to figure <laughs> out. There's been so many of them. Well, Let's do a, a prequel to a Blair Witch project. A prequel to Blair Witch. Yeah. What would it be about the witch? Yeah, we try to make it seem like it's taking place in like the. Uh, I honestly think that would sixteen hundreds. I honestly think like that. Yeah, I still think that that exceeds our budget. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly think that if we tried to make a movie that was set in the sixteen hundreds, we would not like. We need to get a log cat. We need to get some log cabins. We we need to get uh, people to bring shit out to the in the middle of the woods. A prequel for thirty thousand dollars. <laughs> now it, it doesn't have to be a uh, a well known movie. No, it probably should be because then we'd have to spend more than thirty thousand just to get the license to make the prequel. Well, let's just say for 
all intents and purposes that we have the permission. All right. Because right. if, we, if we have to go down this whole long road of, well, did we get permission, then we're never going to make this movie. <laughs> a prequel to Skinnamarink. I don't even know what Skinnamarink is about, and I watched the movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a... Yeah, well, you know what? I, I mean, family home videos from the 90s. Did Paranormal Activity have a prequel? I only watched like the first three. Uh, well, I think it wasn't the one second, of them. The second one's a prequel to the first one. Yeah, it was technically. Um, trying to think and of... the third one is a prequel to that one. Oh, good God. Yeah. Uh, all the good ideas are taken. Right? Uh, if Asylum can do it, we can certainly do it. Now, just because it takes like $30,000 doesn't mean, I mean, we can... We can pour as much time as we want into it. So yeah. if we're like, oh, well, it'll take forever. It's like, well, we have forever. So I knew the ship was going to be hard, but <laughs> <laughs> it's like the two things. We could have had the worst budget ever. We could have we could have been making a uh, vampire movie with at least a $30 million budget. But no, <laughs> we got a $30,000 budget. But it's very weird. How are we going to are setting out to make a movie? A shitty movie, yes, but a movie nonetheless. Yeah. Chris, I got it. Go ahead. It's within budget. We make a prequel to Jaws. All we got to do is go to the beach and film people swimming. All right, we can do this. All right, all right we're going to... All right, so what's the prequel to Jaws then? I mean, what's... what? All right, I'm willing to do this. Uh, I'm willing to get this a shot just because we have no other thoughts. <laughs> um, or, or we could do some kind of cabin in the woods type thing, kind of like how they're doing a prequel with Jason now. I mean, uh what would be the story for a prequel to Jaws? I don't know because I mean it's pretty. It wouldn't be a Jaws movie. No, it would just it would. Uh, the very <laughs> last ten seconds of the movie, we show a shark fin swimming See, in the water. A, if this was a sequel, I think it'd be a little easier. Um, <laughs> now it's to... just about town drama at this point. Uh, ooh, wait a second. Ooh, let's do this. How about a prequel to Venom? Okay, huh. that took that took place kind of like out in like a. Uh, I mean, that seemed relatively low budget. I'm going to look up how much that budget was. Uh, I mean, it takes place in the bayou, so... When the year did that movie come out? 2005? 2006? 2005. We definitely need to go back and re-review that one. No, we do not. <laughs> oh, how was it? This one doesn't even... It doesn't have its... Uh, Venom budget. earned less than $900,000 against a $15 million budget. It had, that had $15 million? Evidently, according makes to me even bloodydisgusting.com. That makes me even angrier. Um, right? Get, get, give me a moment here. Because I don't even... Rem- I mean, I remember what Venom is about, but I don't know enough to make the prequel. <laughs> right? Um I was going to say, because I was thinking in my mind, we could do a prequel to Madman Mars. Actually, it would just be sacrilegious if we, like, chose a very popular... Do a prequel to Halloween. I mean, I don't even know what that prequel would be about, just because, I mean, it starts with him as a kid. Yeah. This is this is going to be funny for the uh, for the extended bit. Yeah. <laughs> for the extended cut of this, of just us batting this back and forth. Prequel's the worst one to get, especially with a small budget. Um, you know what? Do you want to re-roll? <laughs> no. We could do a prequel of A Nightmare on Elm Street. Yes, let's do that. A pre- we can do that. Because this is about Freddy Krueger as a person. As a person. Children. Killing children. Yes, I'm, all right, yes. And we can get somebody relatively unknown to play him since they, you know, Robert Englund's not reprising his roles anymore. Yeah. Yes, I could do, I could dig that. Or if you want to go even more sacrilegious, we can go uh, prequel to Leslie Vernon. Uh, that one was found footage. Yeah, but how would we do a prequel to that one? Uh, well, that's what I was saying. I was thinking about it, but I like this. A prequel 
to a nightmare on Elm Street with a $30,000 budget. We'll call it Daytime on Elm Street. We have to put a little thought into the title. Put a pin in that. We'll come up with the title. But A Nightmare on Elm Street, Freddy's Beginnings. Or it could be, uh, what was his name? Or what, what did they call him? He was the something something slasher. We'll, we'll, we'll figure that part out. All right, so, so a $30,000 prequel to A Nightmare on Elm Street where we see Freddy Krueger as the child killers. They're doing his child killing all the way up to... Uh, okay, cool. I like this. All right, so... Oh, uh, the Springwood Slasher. The Springwood Slasher. Maybe it would be called the Springwood Slasher. Yeah. Well, that'll just be the working title for now. And I mean, we could save money if we filmed it during the summer. Pay Janet a couple hundred bucks to let us film in their school. Now I got to kind of think of what do a lot of prequels do wrong other than them being unnecessary a lot of the times. Yeah. I mean, the fact that this is a movie itself is unnecessary. Now, all right, now is, is Freddy going to just be a child killer or are we going to lean heavy into the fact or into what the uh, reboot did and that, yeah, he was a straight up pedophile? Let's just child murder. Like, that's just an uncomfortable thing to film. Okay. All right, so yeah. Freddy as the child killer. So let's think. Because we ultimately know what how Freddy is going to end. Yes. Right? So, oh, all right. Let's let's get started with a little bit of backstory with Freddy. Yes. If we're going to make a prequel, I think that we should do what uh, Rob Zombie did with Halloween. And he he you know he wasn't always this way. He grew up in a troubled home. Yeah, I mean, because his human life is changed throughout different movies in the series, so we could do whatever we want. Okay. So like there's in like the third one they say his mother was a nun who was raped by a hunter maniacs and that's yeah. how he was born and then so let's one, let's yeah. establish his backstory then what or when does when does this pick up are we gonna gl- get a glimpse of his youth or do you want him to start off already as an adult we should probably start off with him as an adult he's a janitor at school at Springwood Elementary yeah I think he was like also the, like the groundskeeper yeah something like that. See, now, this is going to be tough because we ultimately know his demise. So how would it even end? We just end with, like, the folks going to go get him? Yeah, with him locked in a room and then lighting it on fire. Yeah. Because I don't know if we have the money to actually get the special effects or the practical effects to light someone on fire, so... Well, again, this is supposed to be shitty, so it could just end with them chasing him and it's alluded later that they killed him so we don't see it yeah okay that'll be how it, how it can end with him being chased by the parents and maybe into the because he got burned in like the uh furnace room right yeah the boiler room yeah he got yeah so he gets chased off a, a, into the boiler room and th- and uh we'll just see like a one of the parents lighting a molotov and then that's where it ends yeah See, now this is going to be a crappy movie already because it's essentially pointless. Yeah. <laughs> it's essentially pointless. It's like, so it's, um, we don't get any cool special effects because because yeah. he's not in his dream state anymore. He's, this is Freddy Krueger as a human, which is what yeah. everybody wants to see, right? Right. <laughs> which means he's just a generic serial killer. Yeah. But now they get to see how he killed kids before. Yes, how he, which is already uncomfortable. So we need yeah. to make sure that the children are also unlikable. These <laughs> these kids have to be annoying. Because yeah. remember, these are supposed to be, uh, you know, victims. Yeah. You know, Freddy's supposed to be a bad guy. So we need to make this movie where it's like, man, these kids are so annoying, like, that you don't even feel bad. 
But the, the kids are in kindergarten. Were they kindergartners? Yes. I know. So, so how, I, do you, how do you do that? Yeah. How do you make a bunch of kindergarten kids unlikable? Aren't they all, like, usually, though? Like, at that age? <laughs> no, that's usually when they get, like, into, like, closer to middle school age. If you just shut your eyes and imagine that you're watching this, yeah. what would just make this a bad movie to, like, sit through? Because we are trying to make a bad movie. Which let's is why I think focus on the kids. He's killing the kids, but let's focus on the adults and just make them like terrible parents. Yes, all and the this parents. Is how is he's getting the kid? And that's how the kids are getting killed. All of the kids are terrible. They're terrible, either abusive or neglectful. Yeah, like the all the adults in this town have to be like terrible. Yeah, which which has been done in a lot of movies where it's just like, yeah. really, there's not a single decent one of you guys I got here. Like, yeah. which is why it made it easy for Freddie to do like Freddie could be come by and be like, oh, I'll watch them. Mrs. What's it so? Yeah. Like, OK, yeah, go ahead. Uh-huh. I haven't seen my kid for three days after that. And we should make it so that the uh, the parents don't believe the kids when they show up with like bruises or something. Yeah. Like, oh, they they hurt themselves. They playing around, or they yeah. they were roughhousing out in the thing, and they, like like all yeah. the evidence could point towards Freddie. Yeah, like everything points towards him being the killer, and the parents are just like no. Which I can't stand that shit in movies. Yeah, oh. the the they do it a lot with police officers, where it's like the police officers like are just completely not of any help, even though the black and black Christmas. It's like yeah, we've been getting all these texts and look at all this evidence. Oh well, boys will be boys. Yeah. We got the neglectful parents ends with Freddy getting chased. Yeah. Now, I think it should start off with like uncomfortable scenes of Freddy like actually beating the kids. So he's slowly, yeah, he slowly escalates into killing them. Now, are we going to try to have jokester Freddy, or is this like just straight up serious like pre Nightmare on Elm Street three Freddy? He shouldn't be a jokester. No, he should be like a authoritarian type guy over the kids because he has no power in his real life so he takes that out on these kids he's just a straight up abusive asshole yeah which this movie is gonna be like because who wants to watch a movie where it's just a guy beating on kids for the entire movie which is what it's gonna be a lot of in this movie yeah it's we want to make this uncomfortable but not too uncomfortable which is i think a good point we should stay away from the insinuated pedophilia yeah but because watching kids get like beat like and everything like that is uncomfortable already. So abusive Freddy, no humor. Okay, we're starting to we're starting to form a story here. Yeah. So now it has to be something other than just him beating on the kids for like an hour and a half. None of the parents believe the kids, but all the story narrative is being pushed forward by a uh, let's call someone a journalist who's trying to expose Freddy for being a monster. Now, do you want now? Do you want the main character to be this journalist yeah okay because the parents are like neglectful it'd be hard to focus on them so all right so so journalist main character so so i guess this at this point uh maybe one or two kids have already been killed yeah when the movie starts one or two kids have already been killed and this is a journalist trying to follow up on the story yeah trying to figure out what's happening and because at this point freddie's not like using his glove to kill kids no. He's making it look like an accident. Like, oh, you know, she was pushed off the jungle gym by another kid or... Yes. Fell down the stairs. Now, do you want to have... Um, do we ever see his glove or are we going to try to force, like, 
hey, you see the glove? Hey, see the, the sweater? Hey, you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or see the hat? <laughs> like, yeah. Or do you uh, want to have none of it? Say, like, the last of the movies where when the glove finally comes out, when mm-hmm. all the parents start turning on him is when he brings out the glove and just tries to kill as many kids as he can before he goes down. And he's just like, it's like, where did he get that? <laughs> like, Yeah. So I'll say the forced, his iconic outfit and glove will come out of nowhere at the end just because we're trying to force, hey, you see this? Remember this from the movies? Yeah. So forced iconography. I want this movie to come out around Christmas. Christmas, we're gonna we're shooting for a Christmas release date. Yeah. And all the previews should just be Freddy playing with the kids in his red and green sweater. Oh, so wait, the, uh, oh, wait a second. I'm trying to think of how we can shoehorn in the one, two, Freddy's coming for you. How about we, how about he just, every time we say him, he's whistling that song. Whistling the uh, melody for it, yeah. He's just, he's just whistling, like, <laughs> I can't do it, but one, yeah. two, Freddy, he's just, he's just whistling that tune. That's how, that's how it is. He just, while he's like in the, like tending to the thing, he's just like whistling yeah. the uh, one, two, Freddy's coming for you. You just see him whistling that and people are like, really? <laughs> All right, so we have neglectful parents. Ends with the chase. We don't see the fire or anything like that. We just, it ends with him getting like, but what happens to the journalist? The journalist joins the, uh, the posse, the posse at the end. So I guess the journalist will uncover all of this stuff and then bring it to the parents' attention. Yeah. The neglectful parents. So the, um, journalist will probably kind of know early on that it's Freddie or have an inkling that it's Freddie. Yeah. And even try to bring it up to the parents who are just ignoring him. Yeah. And it's only until the very end. He's like, look, I got the, I got evidence right here. And then they're like, oh my God. He's actually watched, yeah. Which that's another thing I hate movies, just the, uh, look at this evidence. Nah. Yeah. The only time we should get, uh, like, a semi funny Freddy is in, like, the beginning movies when he's interacting with parents. I want to have a semi charm that kind of helps keep them at bay. I want Freddy at the end when he's getting, oh no, I was, I was going to, we're not going to see him getting burned. I was going to say he has to like forcibly say, I'm going to. <laughs> I'll kill those kids. I'll kill them in their dreams. Yes. <laughs> I was going to say yeah. we should, if there is a fire, which will have horrible CG because we can't afford a pyrotechnics budget. Yeah. <laughs> it'll just be a horrible CG fire. Yeah. Uh, he has to forcibly say that. So we got the neglectful parents ends with the chase. Uh, we're going to have abusive Freddy with no humor. Um, the journalist as the main character trying to uncover like who the Springwood slasher is. Yeah. So we're going to have another, um, what's his face from Halloween, uh, kill situ or Halloween end situation where it's like, well, who's this person? Yeah. It's like, it's not even one of the parents. It's not even like a sibling of one of the kids or anything. It's no, it's yeah. just some random dude. Random, yeah. Basically. That has never been involved in any of the Nightmare on Elm Streets afterwards. Add a completely new character that's not from lore. Um, we need to have the um, prosthetics from the reboot of Nightmare on Elm Street. No, no, I forgot. This is, he doesn't. He's this is before he's gotten burnt. Yeah, that would have been great to add if it was a sequel. Um, yeah, but it's it's too much money, Chris. We got thirty grand. We got thirty grand, so I'm doing his makeup. Yeah, <laughs> which. Actually, we don't need makeup in this movie. You just come in whatever you're wearing. Yeah. Throw on the sweat red sweater. Yes, we went to we went to Goodwill. We got a we got this sweater and I got this old fedora from my granddad's wardrobe. Yeah. So, to pop that on. So that's how we pick our actor for Freddy. We're like, 
Whoever fits the sweater is who we're going to go with. I think that most of this money is going to be us renting out uh, the school during the summer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that's what most of our budget's going to go to. Basically, the school, yeah. Because it has to be at a school playground kind of thing, so. Or, I mean, we could save money, just film everything in front of a green screen. Uh, we need to buy the green screen. Uh, <laughs> we need to buy the green screen, and uh, hopefully, hopefully, uh, hopefully between the two of us, we can light it. So yeah. you won't see the color bleeding through. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll edit it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, 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 uh, I'm familiar with uh, Adobe Premiere Pro from 10 years ago. I, okay. I'll, I'll edit this. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty good with uh, Microsoft Movie Maker. Since this is self-funded, I guess we're directing it too. Yeah. We'll, we'll, co, we'll co-direct this. Co-direct this. I mean, I have an iPhone 13. I mean, it has a decent camera. Okay, and I, I mean, I mean, nowadays you can film things on your phone. Like, yeah. Nowadays, I mean, give me a phone and a little tripod, and we, we'll we'll yeah. make it work. Either that, or if we want to go to like a old uh, pawn shop and get a uh, an old VHS recorder. I mean, we could actually do that. Film this from uh, find like old cameras from the nineties. Yes. So it gets a nineties filter, but that might make the movie better. So. You know, let's just add a, you know, let's give it a little something, at least. Let's yeah. give it something. Let's give it that at least. A little charm, yeah. Just give it a little charm, you know. Yeah. I mean, it feels like the we're... The camera's where it has a little date, <laughs> date time at the we're, corner. We're already, like, you know, beaten up on a on, on the on a defenseless kid who can't defend himself. Let's give it a little something. Yeah. Uh, got the journalist as the main character. We have the forced iconography of the, uh, or, like, we may maybe not see him in the sweatshirt, but he'll walk past like a chair that has like the sweatshirt over it, and it'll just stay on the chair for like way too long. Yeah, has... they put it out until like the time until he's being chased. Cause yeah, but we need to at least like hand over like as he's like walking by and like the hats over there, and just yeah. like forcibly stay on the hat for like an uncomfortably forced amount of time. All his other clothes are in dresser drawers, but the sweater's hanging up in the corner. Either that or that is all he wears. Yeah. Either that or that. He just has nothing but a wardrobe filled with those sweaters. Yeah. Uh, I already had the forced whistling, so that's where you get the forced... Uh, he's just... Yeah. That's just a whistle while he was, like, working. Yeah. It ends with the journal... You know... Oh, you know... No. It ends with the journalist being the first to throw the Molotov cocktail. It's like, who are you? Like, why do you get to... <laughs> yeah. Because we're bringing in this character for that has not like you said has not been in any of the movies before not even alluded that there was anybody other than the parents there yeah so i think it would just be a real bit in the face if we have that journalist like the the parents give the journalist the ball itself and then he throws it or she depending on who we get to play the journalist all right and And i'm like after this we'll have uh one of the parents play oh after all this happens i think i'm gonna become a cop and That's the one legacy character because it turns out it is uh, Sheriff Thompson mm-hmm. from Nancy's dad from the first one. Yeah. So to start from the beginning, the beginning of our movie, uh, the beginning of our thirty thousand dollar budgeted prequel movie is already after like two or three kids have been murdered already. No, follow- he hasn't murdered them yet. We start off; he's only abusing them. Well, I thought that yeah, that's yeah. where the journalist came in. Like we start off the uh, the main character being the journalist. And they're following up on the story. Like, okay, like, yeah, that's where he comes in. Yeah, 
Yeah, so there's already been like two or three murders and this journalist is following. Now we can have like the first scene of Freddy like abusing a kid or killing a kid. Yeah. And then then the title thing, Nightmare yeah. Before Elm Street or whatever it is. Yeah. And then it you know, you know, fades to black from the title card and then we're introduced to our main character, the journalist. Yeah. And this journalist has to be pretty unlikable. Uh so yeah, so let's let's build this uh journalist real quick. Uh, should be an adulterer because that's already gonna that already rubs me the wrong way. That was yeah. what rubbed me the wrong way with Soul Survivors. It was like no, I think it should be someone who's single. Okay, somebody single, uh, but just like a straight up ass, like like a straight yeah. up asshole who doesn't like care about privacy or anything like that. Yeah, like when we first get introduced, he's like going across the line of like journalism, like following people into the bathrooms, get the scoop for the story. Should he be? Should they be like a uh, former like gossip news reporter? Yeah, who got like fired for like for being too like paparazzo, like being too like he he should yes be unlikable. I think former yeah like entertainment paparazzi guy like digging through people's trashes yeah. kind of thing. Former from a big like city, a big market, and then he gets fired, which forces him to uh, go to a small town. Yeah. All right. So. So he is our main, he or she is our main character. Yeah, we make it seem like we're building up this redemption arc for him, but we never really follow up on it. So why is he, why does they, uh, let's just pick an actor. Uh, it can be a whatever list actor. Um, just so when I'm referring to them, I can say he or she. Uh, like, who do you see in your mind? Who would play a good, like, dick character? Well, I mean, with the budget, we would have to just be somebody local. Yeah, I it guess. has to be a donate. Yeah, I can see this being a guy. Yeah, this has to take place in like the early '80s, so more than likely it'd be a guy. Yeah, yeah, it'd be a guy reporter. Let's give him a name. What's a? Uh, I was gonna say what's an unlikable name, but I was like, I don't want to piss off any of our uh, viewers who might be like, wait a second, my name's Brad. Um, uh, call him Dick Delson. Richard Delson. Yeah, Richard Delson, the disgraced former journalist. Yeah. He's, you know, roughly in about late 30s, early 40s. Yeah. Um, Constantly drunk, yeah. Two, he, he's he's not young enough to still have that go get him drive, but old enough to be cynical and, like, just, like, pessimistic assholes. Like, hey, you know, oh, you know, oh, dang, you, you, did you ever see Red Dragon? It's been a long time. I was going to say the guy who Philip Seymour Hoffman played, uh, Freddie Lowndes, was kind of dislikable. Uh. That type of character. So, yeah, he... You know, has he now? Why is he following up on this story? Why does he care? He's just trying to make a story for the paper because he's in a small town where nothing's happening, and he's used to constantly being on a beat. So, so he doesn't really care. He's just trying to get a scoop. Yeah. All right. So he's been in this small town, and then they hear about he hears about this stuff going on. Then he's like, "All right, I'll follow up on this." Yeah, it's like two kids died at school, both by accident. Something seems off, so I'm gonna start looking into it. Yeah, he needs to be the kind of guy who like harasses the harasses the parents of the children who are already dead. Yeah, he goes to their funeral. Goes to yes, goes to their funeral and try. Well, no, well, I guess uh, like, uh, did you have an autopsy on the children? Are you sure that that's an accident? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it says stump. Like, would you be opposed to us like exhuming the body to? Yeah, like like just just, just disgraceful stuff like that. Yeah, unsavory stuff like that. Just has no sense of boundaries. And near the end, when he the one that gets to like throw the Molotov, it's just like unearned. It's yeah. like he's still an asshole. Like, like see, 
how far he's come. I'm like, no, he hasn't come far at all. He doesn't. He still doesn't really care. <laughs> yeah, he's just like, yeah, let's get him. Let's great for my for my paper. Should he try to use the, one of the kids as bait to catch Freddy, like in the act? Absolutely. He should probably. He should. He he should be like, well, this guy's been covering his tracks really well, and then he like talks to the kids. Well, you know, maybe you should. He you sees know. a kid playing in their front yard alone. Yes, he says he takes know, a kid and then puts a kid in a schoolyard all by themselves at night. Or goes to the kids like, "Hey, you know who really could use a friend? That the uh, uh, lonely old groundskeeper over there. You should make friends with him. Everybody needs a friend. Something like that. Something like really shitty to like tell a kid to do." Yeah. Well, the kids are they're they're going to be afraid of Freddy, so they can't be like, "Hey, go hang out with Freddy." Oh, because he's this, been abusing them. Yeah. Oh, because oh yeah. yeah. At this point, they are it's well known, but they're just you know they're afraid to say anything. And their parents don't listen, so... So he goes up to the kids and is like, you know, if you don't do this, other kids will get really hurt. Yeah. He'll do some just or disgraceful like, stuff hey, like that. I see you playing... Why don't you go play at the park? I'll watch out for you. And then just, like, ditches her. Like, yeah. hides behind, like, bushes or something. Yeah. So he should definitely be something... Uh, be the kind of person who would try to, like, trap Freddy by, like, hanging the oh, kid out as bait of some sort. Yeah, and that kid definitely has to die. That kid has to die. Like he gets, like maybe Fre- uh, maybe the guy, what's his name, Richard, yeah. maybe maybe he does that with the kid, and then like from something that he had done earlier, he gets like arrested and like hauled off, so he can't be around to like watch the kid. Yeah, and then the kid gets like abducted. Yeah, so like this whole movie, like this guy's just he sucks, but he's supposed to be the We're like, hero. Yeah, at this point, it's like you hate him about as much as you hate Freddy. Yeah. Because this kid that just died is as much his fault as Freddy's. So we have uh, the neglectful parents uh, who, who turn a blind eye to their kids, or if they yeah. ask, hey, how do they get the bruises? Or even Freddy might be like, oh, well, you know, the kids, you know, they roughhouse a lot and yeah. blah, blah, blah. You know, I see it all the time when I'm tending the grounds. Yeah. You know, kids getting pushed down and blah, blah, yeah. blah. And kids sure have an active imagination, don't they? Yeah. You have abusive Freddy with no humor or anything like that. He's just a straight up abusive dude yeah uh no humor we have the journalist as the main character who's just unlikable willing to use this kid as bait uh crossing lines asking parents at the funerals if you know asking to get the body exhumed asking if he could take all that business the forced iconography ends with the chase no arc for anybody at a christmas release date yes which is like and like why Christmas of all t- times, which you're just guaranteed to not really, because this is not a Christmas movie, nor is it like a Christmas horror movie. It's no. And in the movie itself, it's going to be taking place mostly like during the summer. Cause that's the only time we get to school to film. Now. I think that, uh, we definitely need to have multiple instances of showing Freddie being abusive to these kids because that's yeah. just uncomfortable. Yeah. I think that we got a stinker on our hands. I think we do. Yeah. And now we just need a, 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 title for this piece of shit um uh, i thought we were gonna do the uh springwood slasher it would just be called the springwood slasher yeah a, uh, a prequel to a nightmare on elm street yeah Whew, that that was a journey that was yeah that was a journey like i didn't think that we were gonna settle on a a property <laughs> that was like the hardest part because it was like we have a small budget and we gotta do a sequel a prequel like uh so i also think that um, we could totally make this movie for $30,000. Oh, absolutely. I'm going to go ahead and put this on my pile of uh, 
of like my unfinished scripts and my yeah. all that stuff and just you know one day and then i'll just slip it in you know we'll, we'll we'll film this and then i will just slip it to some hollywood exec and just go watch this watch just, this. just just watch this or listen we didn't spend much making it but we could make a lot of money on this th- this was a passion by saying project. it it's a nightmare on elm street prequel this was a passion the first project. weekend we will will sell out theaters either that or we'll go either that or we can do go the skin ring thing tie in with shutter this could be a shutter yeah. original yeah even more of an incentive for uh shutter to go ahead and uh sponsor this podcast we got movie ideas you know maybe by next season maybe we'll finally get that that, that coveted uh that coveted shutter shutter cash yeah <laughs> like if it's my we just do a whole season of shutter where shutter you have no choice but to sponsor us come on now we're, we're yeah the season every, of shutter yeah <laughs> the season of shutter yeah oh my goodness gracious that's a that's I'm I'm happy with this. I'm yeah. I, in fact I wouldn't mind doing one of these again as just kind yeah. of like a a side thing next time. Yeah, build, that was a lot of fun. Build a bomb, build a movie bomb, or build a box yeah. office bomb. Oh my god! So that is pretty much what I had planned for this. We talked about yeah. our disappointments and we made our movie bomb. So why don't we give a little tease as to what people can expect for next season? You already kind of said a little bit though. I mean, it's yeah. uh, personal favorites. Yeah. which we've already discussed and we know what we're going to be starting out with. Um, yeah. If you want to go ahead and tell the tell the people what we're going to start off this season with. Room 1408 is going to be the first movie. Yep, that one's uh that one's mine. One of my uh one of my personal favorites. Why is it one of my personal favorites? It's a good example of how to do a good PG-13 horror movie. Usually, like a lot of people can get turned off at a PG-13. I used to for a horror. Mm. Like you can cuz you can only show so much. But it did it very, very well. Yeah. And I probably have watched it way more than The Shining, in all honesty. <laughs> and it's a Stephen King movie. And uh, I believe yours is the summer of 1984? Uh, summer of 84. Summer of 84. Which I picked because it is a good example of a low-budget movie. Like, the story is so well told through, through the acting, through the script. That the fact that you don't see much of the killing isn't really something that's going to bother you too much. Now, that one's going to be a little bit of a homework assignment for me because that one's one I haven't seen. Yeah. It's one I've been telling you to watch for a while now, though. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of that. In fact, that's also what we are doing uh, upcoming season is we're giving each other homework assignments. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to, at the beginning of some of the episodes, we go over our homework assignment like... Yeah. I would say, Dave, have you ever seen this? No? All right, well, that's your homework assignment yeah. and blah, blah. And we spent like the first 10 minutes kind of saying what we thought. We don't necessarily have to do like reviews of it, but just kind of say, well, I thought about, I thought it was like this. I thought it was like, I liked this. I didn't yeah. like this. And, uh, you know, expanding each other's uh, movie Rolodex. Yeah. So. But that's another season down. Now, let me ask you, Dave, when you, you are the reason why Body Bag started because you were the one who years ago put it out there to to the universe hey i'm starting a podcast yeah i don't even remember what uh facebook group it was it was just one of the horror groups in there yeah I, like i followed so many so exactly and yeah we didn't know each other you're just like no tell me more <laughs> yeah i think i'm in and then and then came the awkwardness of yeah. like we had already been talking for like like or texting back and forth like trying to figure yeah. out what do this and then it didn't even dawn on me until like a month later for me to go wait a second are you over 18 <laughs> <laughs> like i'm not talking to some high schooler am i yeah 
but luckily we were both about the same age. Yeah. Couple fact, different. Yeah. yeah, just a couple months difference. So both nineties yeah. kids and yeah. both like his horror movie like film critics. So Yeah. Back then, uh, like I didn't really have any set goals for the podcast. I just wanted to get out there, give it a shot, see what happened. Um, did you think that we were gonna have a, like five seasons and the kind of guests that we've been getting? Honestly, I didn't think we were gonna get guests as quick as we did. Yeah, you like you were responsible for a lot of this because, like I yeah. said, you got Haley Newland as our first guest. If it were up to yeah. me, I would have like picked some random dude off the street. Hey, you want to talk about horror movies? Yeah, <laughs> come on over. That opened a bunch of doors for us, but yeah. So also a shout out to Twins and Talent because behind the scenes they have helped us get a lot of guests on. So we're trying to get them on uh, so we can talk about Twins and Talent, the their you know company as well yeah. as like. We, you know, we've had Haley on a couple of times and yeah. uh, we've had a small correspondence with uh, Hannah. So it would be yeah. cool to have them both on and we can talk about their projects and yeah. uh, you know, stuff going on with them. They're always uh, cool to talk to and hang out with. Uh, but I think we're going in a good direction. Yeah, it, it's slowly but sure. And, you know, it hasn't turned me off to movies or I always said the minute this stops stop becoming being... fun. yeah is when i stop and it's still yeah. just as much fun i was looking forward to filming or filming recording really? maybe at exactly. some point we'll film yeah. but like um, my goal for uh like 2024 is i want us to become like big enough to where we get invited to like small film festivals to cover it well we're starting to, i mean we're starting to get a good amount of following yeah uh, so we're working our way up there so so and uh a shout out to any like podcasters that follow us too you know yeah. we're open to come on we're open to have you know collaborating with other yeah, podcasters yeah. uh it would be very refreshing to be a guest instead Honestly, of the host. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so i can talk as much as i want and i can go wow i don't have to worry about editing this yeah <laughs> but this has been fun and yeah. do we have a set date for uh the next season when it's going to be dropping uh i wouldn't say set but say a tentative date of mm -hmm. when i think would be a good time to start season five would be july 7th so that would be about three weeks from when this drops so all right that gives us enough time to do some recording and line up some guests and yeah what have you so you know not too far away there in fact yeah. you know yeah we have enough episodes to pad out until then yeah. so you want you want to go ahead and bring us out dave i always hijack the ending yeah all right we appreciate you guys listening make sure if you're listening to apple music to uh leave us a rating and a review It'll help us out a lot. So, everyone, I'm Broke Rider Dave. Have a good week. I'm Chris Thomas. Love you. Peace. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to Body Bag Podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe and leave us a comment as to what you'd like to hear us review or any horror movie topics you'd like to hear us rant and rave about. And while you're at it, you can find us on Twitter at Body Bag Pod and on Instagram at Body Bag Podcast. Thanks, and we'll see you next time.